when I'm composing, and I think it's like the creative process with everyone, whether you're composing or you're directing or anything. I just feel like there's some channel open with the universe and I'm getting like, I'm receiving all that input and feed in and ideas just flow into my head and I start playing and then I start adding and I start tweaking. So once the story is really inspiring to me and I'm all in it, I feel that I'm that little boy going on the journey and I become the actress or the actor themselves. This is how it starts. It's like just a seed and then you, you know, you plant it and you let it grow and you water it. Oh my goodness. The orchestral project that I worked on last year. So it was based in a Middle Eastern country. The director was in Europe. Oh my. I remoted the orchestra in Hungary and I was in Los Angeles. (laughs) I love that. With technology nowadays, you can do anything. And it's very convenient. Like you just have to sort out the time zone and sleep less, but you always can make it work. Oh, so, so true. I always wish that upon other people, you know, that these collaborations are really peaceful and fun. But some people are just dicks. And I, I hate to just be right <laughs> That's the truth. I'm old for the black coffee. Oh, my. Like, no creamer, no sugar. Yeah, and I'm a coffeeholic, so. Oh, my. Once you go black, you never go back there, Gia. Oh, my. Yep. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I need to behave. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. I'm Max Cole, the host and producer of this podcast, and I'm sitting here in Los Angeles, California. The sun has set, and the moonlight is now upon us. I want to thank all of you for tuning into this podcast tonight. I want to remind everyone listening that this is an information and discussion-based podcast. We do not censor ourselves, and we certainly do not censor our guests. Please make sure you check out all the episodes of this show when you subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Also encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. Got a great guest tonight. Wanted to switch it up a little bit here, and we've got someone who is ridiculously talented, a composer by the name of Gia Rashidet. And let me tell you a little bit about Miss Rashidet. Gia Rashidet is an international talent on the verge of a major breakthrough. A refreshing voice in film music today, she brings her unique cultural background, knowledge of classical music, and understanding of Western music trends to the forefront of her innovative sound. Gia began playing the piano at age four and continued on as a concert pianist until 2008 when she first started composing for theater and film. She says, I want to inspire people to pursue their dreams, persevere, and hear more film music. Not as a woman composer, but as a human. She is currently composing original soundtracks for a variety of plays, feature films, short films, video games, theatrical shows, orchestras, and TV spots. Gia shares a wonderful piece here about halfway through this discussion, and goodness gracious, just tune in here. She's quite fascinating, to say the least, and as I said earlier, she's ridiculously talented. First-time listeners and long-time listeners, you know what time it is. Make that fresh batch of popcorn, sit back, relax, and get a little comfortable, maybe a little cozy, while you listen to tonight's guest. Ah, Miss Gia Rushadet, my God, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast here tonight. Thank you. I am so pleased to be on the podcast as well. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, (laughs) it's cool because I've really been following what you've been doing. And I have a thing for you music minds, you masterminds out there. So, yeah, I really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight and we've got a bunch to discuss here because you're doing so many awesome things so i kind of want to just jump right in here and give our listeners a bit of context you know would you mind kind of sharing where you were born and raised and the point you kind of realized that you wanted to work on the music side of film well i was born in saudi arabia where my parents lived originally, and uh, they're Jordanian. They were working in Saudi Arabia, and then when they had me, 
two years after we moved back to Jordan, which is my home country. Mm, I lived in Jordan for uh, 28 years and I was going on and off, like traveling here and there and doing my degrees and doing some concerts. And then I moved to the U.S. two years ago. I came to Virginia and then to L.A. and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Now, how did you really get into this whole film thing? Because I know your story is quite fascinating. I know you you experienced a few hardships too and uh yeah i'd love to kind of hear your backstory and kind of share that with our listeners well i started as a pianist so when i was four years old my mom told me that i could play anything by ear so we had this uh, tiny keyboard that was shaped like a cake and whenever (laughs) i heard the song (laughs) i know whenever i heard the song i would just like run to it and play so my parents decided that maybe we should get her more into music lessons I kept fighting music lessons because I was never like into theory and learning. Mm. And until I was uh, at the age of eight, this is when I got my first piano. And I would literally spend the whole day on the piano just playing. And my mom would sing to me and I would play afterwards. Wow. Then I realized that this is my passion and this is what I want to pursue. So at the age of 12, I started going into classical music, playing Mozart and Beethoven and you know all the classical composers, reading notes. Yeah, And when I graduated, I, uh, I pursued as well, like being a concert pianist. And in 2008, this is when the whole, like, this was the major turning point when I went into a film and uh, scoring for a picture. Wow. Did you always watch movies? Were you like a fan, though? I mean, and also, did oh, you have yeah. access to a lot of films? And We uh, did, actually. Country? Yeah, I remember the first movie that I ever watched. Uh, was Little Mermaid. And of course, it was <laughs> scored by Ellen Minken. And yeah. I would sing the theme all the time, and oh, wow. uh, that really influenced me. And uh, the second movie that really like shaped my career was Titanic. Yeah. Of course, the music of James Horner. And uh, again, I would sing it, and everyone would just tell me, like, play it on the piano, don't sing, because I had a <laughs> terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I vividly remember how I was fascinated by picture and how the music complements it and everything. But I wasn't aware that that was actually a job or an industry Mm. until it was 2008 when the Royal Film Commission was open in Jordan. And this is when the film industry was starting to rise and shine and bloom and all that. Oh, my, interesting. Yeah, I always think that like music and film is the perfect marriage. I really do. I, I think it's for one uh, just a really cool collaboration. And two, they really complement each other very well. So that's true. It's two unique art forms that uh, really make these motion pictures so fantastic. That's right. And that's crazy because I remember reading that, or maybe I heard this more, but you played in like hundreds of concerts, which I think is just incredible. Do you have like a favorite venue or like a, um, a country that you really you know, like? I really enjoyed playing in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. I actually have a very funny story uh, to share. I tripped on stage. Oh. I'm a very clumsy person. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have to have like a very grand entrance. So. Nice. Did you, did you play it off though? Did you play it off? Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. It was like a major icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I tripped on stage and then I just played. It was, uh, it was Chopin, Fantasy, and Prom 2, which is a very difficult piece. But that like really made it uh, smoother, a smoother transition into the piece. Oh, nice. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I played on a Steinway, and we had a very nice audience. So that was one of my favorites. Mm, very cool stuff. By the way, you say you play the piano. Do you play any other instruments? Because I had another composer on here, Mr. Christopher Goodhall. He's somebody that I'm really just one of my best buddies. But he said that it would kind of mess him up if he actually played another instrument. Like if he went to the guitar for, say, it would just screw up everything that he's learned and... Do you feel that way too as well? Well, part of my, uh, my, my learning was learning all instruments and how, like, I wouldn't say professionally, but how they play and the range of it and everything. I learned violin for two years mm. and I absolutely, I wouldn't say hated because, but it was very difficult for me. Yeah. And I felt like I was cheating on the piano. So I didn't continue with that, but I had like a good two years, mm, but I'm always a pianist. I'll always be a pianist. It's just what you were drawn to more, right? Yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you think about these like new age pianos, like the electric ones and you know, these MIDI connections and, you know, these, these USB type pianos that are really 21st century plastic pianos? <laughs> what do you think well, about that? I- I was I was fighting them until I started needing them. Nice. So now I have I have my acoustic piano and I have my video controller as well and I'm, you know a bunch of synths and everything. Yeah. So they're really important because you know it's all technology nowadays and it's much easier than just writing on paper and playing on the piano and then going on to the software and mm-hmm. you know moving that on. So you just plug it in, you play, it's recorded and bam, that's it. Do you have a preference between digital and analog sound? I'm always for live. I yeah. always prefer live if we're, whether it's analog or live musicians. I don't have a preference. It really depends on the movie I'm working on, on the project, on the budget, of course, the vision of the director. So it's a bunch of factors. Okay. I'm going to pick your brain about that too in yeah. a bit too, in terms of projects. Now, do you have any favorite composers? Is there anyone who inspires you that's a tricky question because each composer has their print right. and they have their their way of inspiring me like mm. of course maestro the master of all john williams yeah. he's a very he's a great inspiration for all of us i'm inspired as well by hans zimmer and the way that he you know he deals with his business and right. he's very gracious he's very kind and he's just like juggling everything together mm. I really, I really admired James Horner and all the things that he worked on. So mm, nice. these are like my top three and Danny Elfman, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're yeah. all pretty popular with composers, but, you know, also just film enthusiasts. These are individuals that have just elevated cinema and have created moods and feelings exactly. and emotions, you know, with their hands. It's fantastic. Exactly. And they have their unique sound. Yeah. So you can distinguish them. That brings me to my next question for you miss your sound do you have a sound in in three words how would you describe it they can be three totally independent words but how would you describe your sound Hmm. well (laughs) i (laughs) i assume i do have a sound it's very hard for a composer to tell what their sound is unless it's like major decades of experience and we know exactly what we're doing and what we're being approached for Right now, my sound, I would say, is a blend of Western and ethnic and melodies. Mm-hmm. I'm a melodist. I really love writing melodies, and I love writing melodies for all instruments at the same time. So I'm like basically layering, let's say, three or four melodies running at the same time, but complementing each other. Oh, fantastic. So I'm trying to write like more simple as well. Mm-hmm. so that I can have that kind of balance. But this is my forte, and this is what I really enjoy doing. Ah. Of course, orchestral as well. Yeah, right, right. Cool stuff. Huh. Now, is there a score that you're most proud of or a sound that you've created that you're most proud of? I know we're going to play you know, that 70-piece orchestra project that you created you know, for the royal family mm-hmm. in the Middle East, but uh, is that your favorite, or do you have another? What really resonates with you, something that you've uh, created? I only say that my most favorite is my most recent because I feel that I'm constantly evolving and I'm always like coming up with new ideas and new new methods for mm, composition. Yeah. Uh, orchestral is definitely my my favorite so far because it has a very like sentimental value. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It was recorded last year, but at the same time, it has a very special place in my heart. It was my first orchestral project. Ah, and yeah, and we recorded it in 20 days. So that was like a huge ta- challenge for me. Yeah. yeah you're talking so, about Fly and Flow, right? Fly and Flow was yeah. one of the cues. Yes. Okay. Interesting. We're going to play that here, folks, in a bit. I think it's fantastic, but I'm not going to give away all my thunder regarding that just yet because it's uh, fantastic. Was it the diversity in that piece that, that kind of sticks out as, you know, your, your most enjoyable aspect of it? Well, the piece tells a story. I'm hoping that everybody can get that story. It's about a little boy who's seven years old, and he wants to explore the world. So he lives in a desert mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, that is abandoned, and he just finds a boat in a desert. And this is when his imagination strikes. So he takes the boat, and he starts to go all over the world and explore the cities and their cultures. And then he goes back home, because this is where he actually belongs. And he starts telling all these stories. That's why I call it like fly and flow, yeah. because it's just like the smoothness of his journey going here and there. Okay, interesting, interesting. Huh, that's fascinating. I get that now. I'm looking forward to playing this for our listeners because I get that. I can I can visualize that. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to come back to that 
in a bit, but I want to pick your brain about some other things here because I'd like to know how much of your process is improvisation and how much of it is actual, you know, composition, like the technical. Hmm. It really depends on what I'm working on. Most of the times I start with improvising. Mm-hmm. So I really trust my first instinct and my gut. Nice. When composition. So when I play the, uh, like a director just gave me his final cut. And yeah. this is the first time that I'm going to see it without, uh, before our spotting session. Oh, nice. So I always have like pen and paper. I have my MIDI keyboard, uh, the piano, and I start writing melodies immediately. Ah. Whatever comes to my mind, because this is the first feel that you're having. Mm-hmm. And most of the times it's the most sincere. Mm-hmm. So this is how I start. And then I start tweaking the melody. I start, especially when I'm working with a director, we work together, whether it's like too dramatic or it's too simple or... You know, we try to find that balance between me and him. Yeah. And then I arrange for other instruments and we start recording. Very cool. I'm going to talk more about your process too, because I think that's something that is intriguing, at least for me as a filmmaker and, and probably for our listeners too, to kind of get in your mind a little bit in terms of how you've you know, visualized this whole thing and how it kind of manifests. Something that just, I don't know, it intrigues me personally. So we'll come back to that. Now, what's been the most difficult and the most rewarding parts of your journey thus far? This industry's got its ups and downs, and whether you're just starting in the middle or you know well ahead in your career, it's certainly not easy to navigate. So, you know, I'd love to hear what your most you know difficult parts of it has been, and obviously the most enjoyable. I wouldn't say I faced difficulties, like even the hardships that we mentioned and uh, those experiences that I went through, I find them very rewarding. And mm, they yeah. they built my character. They, uh, they even like transitioned my music style. So I wouldn't say anything. I just enjoy it. You know, even if I have to work 16 hours a day, even if I have to not sleep or not yeah. meet up with friends or, you know, because social life basically is is doomed if you're working on a project and Isn't you have a deadline. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. Sometimes you have to embrace being an introvert yeah. and other times you just have to go out and be a social butterfly and network. So there's something beautiful in every single thing that I'm facing right now. Mm, good point. That's interesting. I think that's only a mindset of somebody, one who uh, has a rather positive outlook on life in general and a purpose driven life, but also somebody who I feel is centered and it definitely loves what they do. So would that be a correct assumption of you? It is actually. And it took lots of work and lots of uh, learning on mm. my side. Right. I wasn't a very positive person in the beginning, but the more you develop yourself and the more you read and uh, you start looking at the things that you're grateful for and what you're blessed with. This is when I'm just like enjoying the moment. I'm living the now because you never know when the next project is going to be. This is the beauty of our job because, you know, you're not a nine to five worker where you know exactly you're going tomorrow, unless it's a holiday, of course, you're going tomorrow (laughs) to work and you're going to do this and that and then come back home, chill with friends and that's it. Yeah, Yeah. So it's, it's more risky in our, you know, on our side. Yeah. But when you hear music now, do you like, do you like it? Because I think composing and listening is, isn't it a different kind of experience and are you like overly, I wouldn't say critical, but overly analytical when you hear music? Because I feel that way when I watch films now, like I go with my friends to watch films and I, mm-hmm. I'm just not the same. It's just not the same for me because I'm looking at the cinematography. I'm looking at the actors and movements. I'm looking at like every single aspect from a technical <laughs> standpoint that sometimes I'll even have to ask them what happened in the scene, you know, <laughs> because know. I'm literally watching like everything from a directorial lens. Now, is that the same for you when you listen to music? Oh my God. Yes. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> like when I go, when I go to a movie and I'm not enjoying the music, I'm not enjoying the movie itself. Right. Like this becomes part of your identity. If I'm going to a concert and one musician plays out of tune, I'm just like cringing and, you know, you can just see my face doing that. Wow. So I'm trying to separate my emotions and my background and just, you know, enjoy whatever is coming my way and enjoy the movie. But it's really difficult. I hear you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. It's it's amazing how when you're involved in it, how it kind of changes the way that you see it and evaluated it. I don't know. I, I bet a lot of people experience that in their professions. I'm sure lawyers look at, you know, law differently. I'm sure folks in their own food service look at food preparation 
completely different. Exactly. Even the taste of it. Yeah. Like when yeah. they go to a restaurant, I bet they don't enjoy the food as much as we do. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, so true. I always wonder that about composers. That is just um, uh, interesting, to say the <laughs> least. Since we're an indie film podcast, I'd love to know what types of films you like and if you've got like some favorite TV shows, you, you know, have some favorites that you really, really like other than the one you mentioned earlier. And, you know, what's on your screen when you have some time to uh, actually watch some uh, movies or, you know, television? My favorite would be thrillers. Nice. And, uh, you know, movies that make you think yeah. or series that make you think. I swear, I binge uh, watched Prison Break in mm, yeah. maybe three days <laughs> because I was so captivated by it. I was like, no, I'm not even going to sleep. I just have to see where it's going. Yeah. And it was one of my major, my most favorite series ever. Nice. Heard it I was tried, great. I know people are going to judge me for that. I've only seen two episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm, yeah. I know mm -hmm. the music by heart. I can play it by ear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've never seen any episode except for the first and the second one. Yeah, me either, actually. I couldn't get into it. It just wasn't for me, but I hear it's great. Yeah, but... I think it's like for certain people. Yeah. But I really enjoy things like Breaking Bad and oh, Prison nice. Break. And what? Shutter Island oh, and yes. Inception. Yeah, Inception. Oh, my. You're killing me. Yeah. My so I, I like to think I'm an overthinker and this just like strikes a chord. <laughs> yeah, I tend to like movies, too, that are mentally stimulating, that kind of think the audience is smarter and that make us Thank think a little, you. give you a little bit of brain juice. You know, it's it's yeah. uh, so important, I think, sometimes when you're watching films. But then there's times I bet you have those times, too, when you watch a lot of mindless stuff, too, and just want to laugh. You know? Of course. Yeah, right. I have like a, a list of these. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Very interesting. But I'll switch back to composing for a second because uh, I'm going to wonder about this. I don't know. I, I kind of wonder what your ideal gig would be. Like if you could lay out the perfect job right now, I really want to know what that job would consist of and you know what would it look like? Because uh, I know you want to do the major pictures, but you sell some love here for us indie filmmakers because I, of course. Good. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I love indie films because I'm a big fan of story and scripts. Yes. Oh, yes. I believe that if you're hungry to show your story and if you're really struggling to make your film work, this is when magic happens. This is all about indies because they're constantly struggling to find the budget or find the exposure or, you know, pitch to film festivals. So I, I know and I understand where they're coming from. Sometimes they don't have the budget to have you know, good score. So they have to buy it online or something. I'm definitely a fan of indies. But oh, yeah. at the same time, if James Cameron is listening to this podcast, <laughs> right, right. I, I would like to score like the next Avatar because it's a mix of drama and action and epic and ethnic and everything. So I like yeah. challenging movies where I can like, where you have a spectrum of all the melodies and all the uh, textures that you can play with. All right, right. I mean, with those movies, you're really making a soundtrack to me and there's so many different layers to it, so many different moods. Exactly. My goodness, you'd probably be up like 50 hours. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, I don't mind that. 50 I'm hours fine. a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I wish we had more than 24 hours a day. I always say that. Me too. Ain't that the truth? My gosh, there's not enough hours in the yeah. day here. Now, what qualities, in your opinion, does a good composer possess? Hmm. Well, through my experience of, let's say, nine years now, I would say the most important quality to a composer is not taking anything personal. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. in our industry, we're very sensitive. We're very, you know, the term that says, kill your darlings. Yeah. So this is what you have to do on, on daily basis. <laughs> you have to find a mutual terminology between you and the director. Right. Because you were studying music for years and years, but the director was studying picture for years and years. Yeah. You have to have that balance between audio and visual terms. Oh, that's my. another thing that's so true. and you just have to be graceful and uh kind and understand where the director is coming from the more flexible you are the more they're going to come back to you i've worked with a director on six documentaries oh, and now we're i'm on one side of the planet and he's on the other mm -hmm. and we're still working together right that's, that's only important. because yeah it's like a marriage point. as you said it's it's lots of compromise it's lots of understanding lots of therapy and fighting and everything so. right right hopefully less fighting i 
I, I can't have that. I'm like so um, easy to get along with. And I just really appreciate collaboration so much that yeah. it never becomes anything other than, you know, love and just appreciation with me personally. I always wish that upon other people, you know, that these collaborations are really peaceful and fun. But some people are just dicks. And I, I hate to just be <laughs> right up. That's the truth. You know, you just got to stay away from them because, you know, some folks are just terrible. Yeah. I don't think cinema works that way. Collaboration doesn't work that way. It works when whoever's collaborating, they're in unison and they, they really enjoy what they do and they're really having a fun time and everybody gets to use that other side of their brain, that creativity side. <laughs> exactly. And especially because there's so much tension going on. Oh, yes. Like whether it's with the composer and the deadlines and, you know, uh, this musician is not coming to the session. I have to find a replacement. So right. all that tension and stress, it creates also tension between the director or the crew and uh, the composer. Yep. So you have to learn how to deal with people and it's psychology. Oh, yes. So true. By the way, I like that you said, too, about distance not being a barrier between a good collaboration, because I think that's so, so important. And for folks that aren't, you know, in Los Angeles or in different parts of the world, you can collaborate with people all over. You can make it work nowadays, especially with the you know opportunity to share files and all the ways that we yeah. can communicate with each other. It works perfectly fine. Exactly. Like um, the orchestral project that I worked on last year. So it was based in a Middle Eastern country. The oh, director cool. was in Europe. Oh, my. I remoted the orchestra in Hungary and what? I was in Los Angeles. <laughs> I love that. With technology nowadays, you can do anything. Yeah. And it's very convenient. Like you just have to sort out the time zone and sleep less, but you always can make it work. Oh, it's so, so true. Fantastic advice right there. And Gia, I think this is a perfect place to take a short break and give you a chance to reset. I also want to give our listeners a chance to reset because I do want to pick that wonderful mastermind of yours when we return from our break. How does that sound to you? Great. I'll have some coffee now. <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> what kind of coffee, by the way? I'm old for the black coffee. Oh, my. Like no creamer, no sugar. Yeah. And I'm a coffeeholic. So. Oh, my. Once you go black, you never go back there, Gia. Oh, my. Yep. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I need to behave. Well, we're going to take a short break here, folks. And then I'm going to play an exclusive score that's on your SoundCloud. And we spoke about it earlier in this podcast titled Fly and Flow. And I know you discussed it a bit, but I want to come back and discuss it a bit more when we return from our break. How does that sound to you? Pretty good? Great. I look forward. All right. Great. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll be back with more of Gia Reshadet after this break open up your ears here a bit because i think this score is absolutely fantastic so we're going to play it for you and we're going to discuss it after this break folks do not go anywhere
God, is that awesome? My Thank you. Goodness, jeez. Well, welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast here, folks, and we are continuing a just a wonderful discussion here with Miss Gia Reshadat. She's so kindly discussed her journey into the industry and shared this wonderful, wonderful score that she, ah, oh God, it kind of gave us a little bit of an exclusive here and allowing us to share it on this podcast. So I really appreciate you doing that and tickling our ears to say the least. Now, how in the world did you come up with that piece? Because I know you kind of talked about, you know, the meaning behind it, a little boy who's seven years old and, oh gosh, I can't even articulate that wonderful story you told there. I think the piece complements it perfectly. And I just have to ask, like, how did you come up with it? Because I kind of want to get a little bit more insight on how you compose perhaps your process and the method you actually use to come up with the ideas to get those creative juices flowing. I threw a lot at you there. <laughs> well, thank you first for the great compliment. I'm really flattered and humble. I wish I had an answer to your question because <laughs> when I'm composing, and I think it's like the creative process with everyone, whether you're composing or you're directing or anything, I just feel like there's some channel open with the universe and I'm getting like I'm receiving all that input and feed in and ideas just flow into my head and I start playing and then I start adding and I start tweaking. So once the story is really inspiring to me and I'm all in it, I feel that I'm that little boy going on the journey yeah. and I become the actress or the actor themselves. This is how it starts. It's like just a seed and then you, you know, you plant it and you let it grow and you water it. Oh my goodness. Do you kind of like close your eyes then and just do a lot of pre-visualization? I do. I meditate a lot. Yeah, nice. I make sure that I'm in the right mindset before composing. Like um, I take a walk, I play with my cat or, mm. you know, I just do something that is really relaxing so that right. I'm in the right energy because music is energy. And when you're playing or when you're, when you're composing, it's very offensive if you're underestimating the emotions of the person receiving it. Oh, absolutely. I have to have the right, you know, emotion so that the person in front of me can receive it. Oh, God. I find that so fascinating as a creator myself, because when I write or visualize a scene, I'm always listening to music or usually a score that, as you said, sort of cultivates the mood. And I need to get myself in that mindset or just the creative process doesn't work quite as well. And I know that it, it just like enhances everything. I mean, music just enhances everything. It's it's crazy. And it's unique that you said that the universe sort of speaks to you. Completely agree with that, uh, too, as well as a creator. And I think that's fascinating, especially from somebody who is creating music for something, because so much of it is feel and so much of it is improvisation. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Do you have moments where you create a note or a sound or a pattern that works and you don't even know how you created it? It just kind of like channeled through you? Yeah, it, it does happen. And sometimes I listen to my own music and I'm like, I become such a narcissist and I go like, how did I even come up with that yeah. melody? That's really freaking awesome. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know how, like, you don't know how it came to you. You try to make something right now on the spot that is like competitive with it, but it doesn't work. Right. So uh, it's very natural. <laughs> I think some people are naturally gifted and definitely have those gifts from the universe because I, I don't know these creative processes they just don't manifest like it's not something that you can it's not programmed you know you're not like a robot no. you're you're absolutely a hundred percent a vessel being utilized to create and that i'll say this there's situations like that that let me know there's more to life i like that you know there, there's so much isn't there i mean there's there's so much that's that kind of just i don't know it, if you call it a feeling you know, some people describe it as your soul. There's definitely energy there that evolves and, and like kind of engineers our actions. And our I, I would call it time travel because oh, yes. I'm either going like to the future where I'm speaking to my higher self and she's way more evolved than I am musically. So right. I just go there and I tap into that energy and I come back or I go back to my emotional library and I extract all these emotions like when I lost my dad, I just write really sad music. When yeah. I uh, like when I won an award or when I was on stage playing, I get that emotion and I start 
playing like really happy music. So that is very important as well in the process of composition. Oh, God, I love that. My goodness, you're getting me all fired up over here, miss. Goodness <laughs> gracious. I need to hold on to my seat here. Gosh, I love that stuff. Now, is there certain software tools, you know, because you seem to be on the edge of tech and I love that. But uh, is there certain <laughs> software, you know, and tools and equipment that you kind of prefer to use when you compose? Is there, are I you try. able to give away any uh, secrets there? <laughs> I try to be tech savvy as much as I can. Yeah. And I used to be a huge fan of Cubase for four years. Oh, yeah. And last year I switched into Logic. It's it's way more yeah. friendly for me right now. And right. it just like inspires me. I'm all for colors and, you know, interface, you know, yeah. after all. I'm, oh, yeah. yeah, me too. So I like to code color my tracks and it's more visually attractive to me than Cubase. Right, right. And yeah, basically that's it. Logic. Yeah, yeah, logic. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well said. And my buddy Chris is a composer. I know you're listening to this podcast right now. And look, I told you Macs are better. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to get him to switch over to the Mac side. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, he's a hardcore PC guy. So I'm trying to get him to switch over. So, you know, I appreciate you giving me some ammo to throw at him for that. <laughs> Anytime. Sure, sure, I'll get a chuckle out of that. But that's cool, though. You know, software and how you utilize it to really uh you know create your vision and shape your vision and yeah I, I love the color-based systems i think you know as creatives oftentimes we are visual people and we need those kind of visual stimuli to kind of make things make sense and to organize them in our minds exactly you know it's cool especially when you look at like how technology has changed you know over the years especially software i mean there's so many plugins now isn't it crazy like it's crazy but oh, it's so much fun yeah yeah it's you can literally spend years just playing with different sounds and creating new sounds yeah My and you spend God. thousands like sometimes i would rather go shopping for music libraries than shopping for shoes or sh you know yep so yeah it's like <laughs> it becomes like you're yeah you're just a shopaholic and you yeah. go for logic and vsts and plugins right right <laughs> my goodness do you have a preference between like vst vst2 oh, what's the other one uh a um i forget all the different formats do you have a you know preference between plugins um, well, see, this is when it becomes embarrassing because I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, I know. I know for sure when my favorite music library, and I'm going to promote them all the time. It's East West. Oh, nice! This is my go-to library. Yeah. I love every single sound, every single plugin that they have. The strings, the ethnic instruments. I always use it. Oh my so god! So that's yeah, that's like my go-to. Steinberg. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's Steinberg. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool. By the way, let's talk about that piece too a bit and how you utilize, you know, some of these different sounds because at the 45 second mark, you know, the pianos start kicking in and then like, I think I hear some flutes there and mm -hmm. it just builds and builds. It's kind of, I hate to do this, but I know folks listening to this podcast know me. It's kind of like a lot of foreplay and then you build up to like an epic orgasm, but that's what music is. It, it builds. It's like a, a gradual slow progressive build and what's cool about this piece is that you really utilize i don't know how many different instruments are you utilizing in that piece because it's it just oh god it's beautiful thank you it's a full orchestra so i'm utilizing woodwinds brasses Holy. percussions piano harp strings and i was having a tenor singer but i didn't add that track to it yeah so you know i was i was trying to add all the elements and all the textures and uh, we call this term that you just mentioned, it's like orgasmic. Yeah. So as you said, you're just building up because, you know, the kid is going to fly and you don't take off unless you're putting in so much energy and so much like gas and fire. And then you just soar, just oh, like I a rocket. That. Yeah. So that's how you build it. It's like you're filling the engine with all that, you oh, know, my. coal and things that burn. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. A little fuel there. My goodness. Yeah. Ah, orgasmic. I like that. I'm going to have to borrow that there. I really like that. You know, a filmmaker reaches out to you. What happens next? How does this collaboration start and begin? What do you need from that individual and what would you like? There are two approaches with working with a director. I'm going to specify directors over producers right now. So the first scenario would be the director has the script, but he or she hasn't started shooting yet. Mm -hmm. So we work simultaneously where I start creating the themes and the director uses these themes to like play them on set, 
or edit the shooting according to that. And that's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. I worked on a documentary and a feature that way, and it was really, really nice and enjoyable. Yeah. The second scenario would be that the director already has their final cut and they hand it to me. It has all the elements ready. And I start scoring to picture, of course, after we have the spotting session, which is my absolute favorite. Mm, Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. This is when the director and I, we sit together and we decide which scenes have music according to the time coding. Uh, What kind of music do we need there? What kind of emotion we need to trigger? Uh, Who's the main actor? Who is the main emotion? Right. I really enjoy this process because this is when you just have so much chemistry with with the person you're working with. And you start brainstorming ideas and you just get so much more inspired. Oh, yeah, that's oh, God, that's when the magic happens right there. That is collaboration. That's the collaborative process. Exactly. Oh, God, that stuff excites me. I know folks listening to this podcast are getting excited, too. Don't hide out there, folks. You know, this (laughs) stuff excites you because that's what a collaboration is all about. That's what we're in it for. We're in it for that, you know, togetherness, that way of building something, creating something from scratch. And making people feel a certain type of way when they watch it. That's what cinema is all about. I mean, I, know. Oh, I love it. <laughs> gosh, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now, you're currently in the process of opening your own production house. I know that's something that I read, and I'm curious about that. You know, what your vision is for that and what you'd like to do because you've got so many cool things going on. Yeah, the idea came out actually a few weeks ago. And I wasn't very much convinced with it. It was uh, proposed by my agent. Mm, And he was like, you know what? We should also create jobs, not only receive jobs. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, right now I'm in the process of also of uh, songwriting. And I'm collaborating with so many singers. And I would love to have more albums out there. Mm, And I know that I have this business side to me where I can. I love helping people. I love pitching ideas, creating album arts and just, you know, coming up with packages and all that. So this is where it started from. And uh, it's very nice when you have something that is a credible company, like an umbrella that hosts all these like creative talents. Mm, Yeah. Right now we're in the process of just like having it together and starting away. Oh, good, good, good stuff. Good idea too. Very good idea. Incorporate yourself and yeah. Mm, Interesting. Now you're uh, also scoring a a virtual reality game and, working on recording an album with various artists from around the world. Can you elaborate mm-hmm. on both of those things? That's pretty cool. Yeah, right now I'm exploring a new layer of my composition where I'm writing songs like crazy. Like nice. every time I sit on my, yeah, I sit on my piano and I'm just like improvising and I'm writing lyrics and music. I found two ways, like I would either create a musical out of that or I would just record the songs and make a, a whole album of it. Mm, nice. And it's very nice because this is when you start working with a singer, not as an employer, but as a collaborator. Yeah. Like I'm not only hiring the singers, I'm also like getting their feedback about the songs and the lyrics and we're working together and you never know, maybe one day we can have a placement in a film or something. Right, right. So yeah, there mm. are so many options with songs, and I feel that they get much easier to the person, especially the teenager category, right. because music is a very abstract form. And mm. uh, unless you have lyrics, sometimes everyone is going to interpret the music, you know, mm. according to their own mood. So it's nice to have that as well, like it's a song that just tells you what the person is feeling. Oh, right. It's kind of cool. You're like literally wearing a couple different hats, almost like you're ghostwriting. It's almost like you're producing a little bit. and. Also, yeah. mostly composing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's I like cool. to keep myself busy. Yeah, nice. By the way, would you still take another stab at singing or another form of storytelling too as well? Because didn't you enter this whole thing wanting to be a filmmaker, to do film? Which is, I, I took do. so many, I took so many workshops in filmmaking and that really helped me. Yeah. Like um, I took script writing and directing and producing and all that. I don't see myself as a filmmaker. I see myself as a storyteller, whatever that means, whether it's through music or through visual arts or anything else. I'm open to that. Like I'm knocking all doors and uh, I'm open to all opportunities. But at the same time, my, my main passion remains in music, of course, and making music. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to limit yourself. Yeah. Yeah, Always evolving, always storytelling, always creating. Very cool. I'm just going with the flow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, you're also scoring a documentary for Ruben uh, Aronson? Yes, I am. And it's a very interesting documentary because it talks about tolerance. And mm. it's something that we really need nowadays, you know, especially with all the chaos and craziness going oh, on yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we're losing that human touch. Oh, my God. So, yep. yeah, I, I truly believe that this is what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. Can you play some music whenever Trump speaks? <laughs> Just to drown him out? You know, I, <laughs> There's no music that can express that kind of, oh my you know, emotion. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's just effed up about that is that, like, we wouldn't be having this conversation given some of his proposals. You know that? Yeah. It's just absolutely outrageous. I just, sorry, I just, this irritates me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm a very political person as well. So I, I'm trying right now to stick to my creative side. Right. But at the same time, it's just like there's so many things that you can't really neglect or overlook. Absolutely. It's unbelievable some of the stuff that's going on right now it's inhumane that's true i digress here i'll switch gears get back into the fun stuff (laughs) yeah the things we love (laughs) yeah exactly goodness i here's something i thought was uh super cool you're planning to work on a meditation and healing project with a group of scientists and energy masters that's like some deepak chopra type of stuff you got to tell me about that that is awesome we're working on it actually we're not planning to we already worked on it we worked on a track so uh, this track is also available on my SoundCloud. It's for free. We, we don't plan to sell anything. Yeah. Right now, we're just testing the waters. The amazing thing about this meditation project is we're not only using the theta waves. We're also using subliminal messages coming from different backgrounds and religions. Oh, nice. I personally was privileged and lucky to be practicing so many religions over my, you know, my life. Yeah. And that really enabled me to explore the... Uh, like the common ground between all of them. So we, we used uh, Buddhist chants and oh, we used nice. Hindu mantras yeah. as like subliminal uh, layers that you can't hear, but you can feel. So wow. it sends positive messages to your subconscious. After you listen to it, it's just three minutes and 33 seconds. Once you're done with listening to it, you don't even have to like mute your mind or stop thinking. Just let your mind think whatever it goes, and at the end of it, you should be feeling much better about yourself. Oh, God, you're killing me here. I, after this, I'm going to tune into that immediately. That is fantastic. Please, and let me know what you think of it, because we're still, as I told you, we're looking for feedback. Yeah. And we're still working on so many more. There are going to be tracks for autistic ch- uh, children and adults. There are going to be tracks for quitting smoking or overcoming depression. So wow. it's going to be like tackling different uh, subjects. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of interesting. It's like a unique way to utilize the tool and the beauty of music, the art form. It's uh, exactly. Wow, that's some um, ways of just adding positive uh, energy to people's lives. And wow, that is uh, stellar. Where did you come up with this idea? Is it something you always kind of wanted to do? As I told you, I always practice meditation and uh, yeah. I-, I love just like going to nature and uh, thinking about how everything came from and all that. So I started more reading about it and learning about it. And then I connected with scientists and energy masters. And, you know, the idea just came out because we do practice that. Yeah, at some point of time, I was working on my own meditation, guided meditation, where I would record my voice with, you know, positive affirmations or things that I want to manifest and just compose the music myself. So it's like, if I'm doing this to myself, maybe I should do it to other people as well. My God, that is fantastic. Using that gift of yours to heal others pain or just make people feel good that's uh really really wonderful or calm them oh god i think that's awesome that's really really awesome kind of goes beyond film and uh into you know the world of the make-believe and into the world of reality yeah and uh that's that's, uh, powerful now you're also writing for american victory orchestra here in los angeles and arabic ensemble in massachusetts that's cool yeah and it's really it's so much fun because you know, for the American Victory Orchestra, I'm writing purely Western, you know, music. Mm-hmm. And for the Arabic ensemble, I'm just tackling into my culture and, you know, the music that I was raised on. Yeah. So I'm a bit schizophrenic at this, you know, at this point <laughs> of time, but I'm enjoying it and I'm, I'm trying to like do the best out of it. Yeah. I hope, cool. I hope I can make it to Massachusetts. It's going to be in April mm. and for the American Victory Orchestra, it's going to be in, in June. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. My goodness, until you really are passionate and love what you do. Those creative juices are just flowing there, it seems like, off the off the hook there. 
I don't have them flowing all the time, by the way. Sometimes I go like, you know, when you're just banging your head against the wall. Like you are right now during this podcast. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. No, I know. <laughs> I'm laughing and I'm relaxed. No, <laughs> no but yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, but, but usually it's like you have this, I wouldn't call it writer's block because it's all in your head. But sometimes you're aspiring to get a much better melody and it doesn't yeah. work. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a deadline, that's great because you have the like, you know, you have the luxury of just writing it over the days. But if you have a deadline and you don't like the music, this is when you go crazy. Right. So I try everything to have those juices coming, you know, back yeah. to my mind and brain. And yeah, I have different approaches. Like as I told you, meditation in nature or taking a walk or just getting with my friends or a good drink or, you know. Oh, my. I'd love to have you come back one time and like play some meditation type music. And I don't know, just give a give our listeners some type of meditative track or something like that. It'd be cool to do that at some point. I'll have to pick your brain about doing something like that. Never even attempted it, but I think it'd be quite cool to share something like that on air. Sure. Well, the thing is when you share the meditation track, you have to have your earphones in your, in your ears right? so that you can have the maximum effect of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just feel free any track on SoundCloud. I have most tracks. Some of them are live. Others are since cool I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out even more thank you when we uh conclude here goodness gracious i love that kind of stuff now i've got to do something here to you kia that's oh geez it's so terrible that i got to do this to you especially with your musical background your brilliance there i i hate to do this to you and well i'm not gonna it's it's just kind of this thing i do to all of my guests and i have mm -hmm. to do it to you i don't want to you know discriminate here i have to be fair to everyone that comes on this podcast and uh, i'm gonna give you an option because you can opt out or you okay. can be all in and i'm just gonna leave the decision up to you you know this is something i do to all of my guests though and i just hate to do this to you you know you're gonna either hate me for it i don't know <laughs> i i just don't know how you're going oh, to react just say it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm curious i'm intrigued oh my goodness well uh, let me give you. Let me just give you a second. I, I mean, curiosity. You know what they say about curiosity. So I'm just I gonna, do. I'm just gonna let you think it over for a second. Let our listeners just kind of relax for a minute. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna think this is anywhere related to meditation. But I will say this: if you choose yes, well, let me just. It's your decision. Do you want to go through with this? Are you sure? Well, define this. <laughs> All right. I guess that means yes, then. No. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, this is the part of the show where I ask my guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Now, all that for this, right? Now, this fun fact has to be something that people don't know about you. So I'm putting a spotlight on you. I'm putting you on spot, and I'm asking you for a fun fact, something that people don't know about you, and the floor is yours. Oh, seriously. Uh, I don't think I have anything funny about me, except, you know, I told you I'm very clumsy. Like, Elaborate. super clumsy. Oh, yeah, super clumsy. Especially when I'm around someone who's, like, really good looking. Oh. And... I had this, yeah, I had this so many times where I would bump into tables, I would drop my orange juice, <laughs> uh, I would spill coffee over my, myself or bump into people, so yeah, that's me. Oh, that is awesome. That's a scene in a movie yeah. right there. That is tremendous. What's the most Don't be around me. <laughs> Especially with that coffee, man. Oh my goodness. I, you know, I can't be in yeah, that path story. of... Uh, yeah. True story. <laughs> I don't want to be in the line of that coffee cup there. Oh no. my. Now, I've got to ask you, though, what's, is there anything that sticks out as like something crazy that's happened and a little embarrassment, a little crazy story there? Oh, I always have embarrassment I mean, story. you tripped on the stage, anything that uh, <laughs> happened uh, while you were out with uh, someone that, uh, you know, was appealing to the uh, eye there? Yes. Yeah, so, so I was at this juice place and I was getting myself a smoothie. And, uh, you know, the cashier was just like flirting with me, and, <laughs> you know, and I was very flattered and I felt like, oh, I'm so pretty. And... Uh, then he just gave me my card and <laughs> I turned around to bump into the entire line. Oh, I didn't see, I swear, I didn't see anyone. And this is when I literally disappeared because 
I think he laughed a lot. Everyone laughed a lot. <laughs> and he was like, oh, poor girl, nobody flirts with her. <laughs> oh, my. So you took out a few people in the line there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> I made goodness. a scene. <laughs> That's pretty cool fun facts there right there. Are you left-handed, by the way? Because I heard left-handers, lefties are, uh, are kind of uh, clumsy naturally. No, I'm right-handed. Oh, okay, I, okay. wish, I wish there was an excuse for that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried there. I tried. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> now, um... <laughs> Appreciate you well, thank this. you. <laughs> How many listeners do you have, you said? How many people listen? To- <laughs> oh, my. Now, we are approaching you know, towards the end of this podcast, and I've got a few more questions for you, though. I, I remember reading a tweet of yours where a certain network or channel violated your copyright and used some oh. of your uh, music during a commercial break or something like that. Do you mind sharing kind of what happened there briefly? And it's an important part of I think being a creative when you're, you know, obviously sharing and distributing content, you got some folks out there that like to uh, utilize it without yeah. well, uh, asking. In the beginning of my career, I was flattered and I was really like very happy when anyone would rip off my music and use it in their work. Yeah. But then the more you grow, you just feel that you're being, as you said, violated. So this major challenge channel in the Middle East, and it's like number one channel with uh, viewership all over the world. Wow. They used my music and placed it in a commercial during the X Factor franchise. Oh my, jeez. So that's like, that's huge. And, and when, I, when I emailed the CEO of the, uh, the channel, he apologized and he was like, okay, we're not going to use it again. And two weeks later, it was still used for, on daily basis. Oh yeah. my. So I tried, like I hired attorneys and I tried everything that I can. And at this point of time, I just realized that maybe we should create a system especially in the Middle East where we don't have affiliations, we don't have a guild for Mm. composers and creative people. So maybe we should create that system so that we can protect ourselves because, you know, with online right now, everything can be, you know, it's, it's a risk. Right. And at the same time, I I want my audience and my, you know, the people that like my music to listen to it online. Right. I don't want to take that away from them. So yeah, it was a learning experience. Oh, it's tricky. Interesting. Mm, Still, it it seems like they would, still use some for something like that especially during an idle spot or something like that that's kind of I know. Um, it's like mm, millions yeah that's um that's kind of brutal to say the least mm-hmm. same thing about intellectual property nowadays it's it's very hard to monitor and control that stuff that's true yeah huh well yeah hopefully that never happens again i, I kind of want to ask like what your thoughts are regarding music in general you know the future of independent film because, you know, obviously the role of a composer has kind of been subjective, I guess, in, in terms of, you know, how it's changed and it frequently does change. I'm really curious about your thoughts on like the political, you know, the socioeconomic or just social in general and creative roles that composers play today and how you try to uh, meet those goals, I guess, and stay current in your own work and stay relevant. You mean like adopting certain political views and, uh, and all yeah, that, right? Yeah, because it's, you know, it's unique, I think, uh, because everything's changing so fast. And, yeah. you, you know, you, obviously you want to stay relevant with your own sound. And, I mean, obviously your collaborations are a little different in that they are, you know, it's more collaborative. So your your goal is to be on point with whoever you're creating with. But I think there's a unique pressure for us, and even as filmmakers, I think there's a, like the pressure to create films that are going to be relevant, but also you want to stay unique in your own artistry, you know, because I think diversity and individuality is really important when you're a creator. So, you know, how do you kind of manage that aspect of your life and, you know, this whole creative process? Well, I just stay true to myself. I try at least. The thing is like I have my marketing team and they constantly constantly tell me, yeah, do not post anything political. Yeah, do not do this. You know, mm. you know, that kind of guidance yep. that I, I completely trust their opinion and their feedback. Right. But at the same time, I am also a human being and I need to be vocal about what I believe is happening and what I think of it. Because if we're all silent about certain issues, nothing is going to progress or change. And mm. as an artist, I do believe that our message reaches way faster than any other industry. Right. Because through art, we can create change and we can document what's happening right now. Like if you want to know about uh, the 1940s or something, you read a book or you watch a film. 
so you know their music you know their the way they used to dress or the the way you they used to like treat women or treat men yeah yeah so i just believe that we have to stay true to ourselves and uh do whatever you feel you should be doing mm, i love that that's fantastic appreciate you sharing that staying true to yourself okay yeah i mean people say it and it you know it sounds so cheesy and so cliche and because it's everybody says it yeah i agree with that i just think that you just got to be you and do you and do the things that move you and that's when your best exactly. work will manifest exactly very cool if you weren't a composer what would you be doing i would be an assistant composer <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just can't leave it right you just can't break away right? i can't you know, I, I had that. so many moments where I would be so dramatic and oh, I don't want to compose anymore. And I would just <laughs> cry for days. And yeah. then when I'm like at the lowest of my emotions, I would go and compose something about it. So wow. I realized I can't really separate myself from it. My God, that's awesome. That is seriously awesome. Now, is there any advice that you would like to share with someone that may be listening to this podcast right now? And maybe they want to do what you're doing. Yeah, maybe they want to compose my gosh maybe they're like miles away and they're trying to figure out a way to do this thing is there any advice you'd give that individual because maybe they don't have the resources you know maybe they could use a little advice and what would that advice be i'm curious as cheesy as this may sound uh if you have a passion or you have a dream just go full force with it i've gone through so many hardships and i still am and I'm, you know you, you're constantly facing obstacles and oh, yeah. uh, challenges all the time but this only is to prove that this is your the right path that you're taking and if you don't have the tools create them like you create the tools the tools doesn't make you an artist or a composer they're just there to help you and assist you oh, so God, even if you don't that. have if you don't have the budget for it there are always alternatives. You can always like go to a studio and volunteer and work with a sound engineer and learn from them and use their studio as well. If you don't have the budget to like, let's say, buy the software, just barter with your director and tell them, you know what, I need those tools so that I can work on it. So I started my career volunteering and doing films for free. And that really helped me. Oh, great. Stuff. So the more... Yeah, the more you help people, the more they're going to help you as well. Not all of them, because, yeah. you know, there are jerks as well. Right. But when you, it's like karma. Whatever you put out there, it's going to come back to you. That's so so just do it. Oh, I love that. Very simple. Just do it. Get out there and make it happen. Find a way. It is yes, so worth it. find a way. You got to start somewhere, too. You know, you just, you just can't sit around and hope and wait. It's one thing no. that kills people, I think the most is you know you are called to do something by how it makes you feel how the passion it's very obvious and sometimes we try to suppress it and uh, i don't know so yeah I, I think it's important as you said to just go after it huh now before we wrap feel free to plug anything you wish websites twitter facebook you know how can people stay up to date with you and Get in touch with you about work. What's the best way to make that initial contact with you? Yeah, well, I'm very social media active. I'm like a spammer. So I'm, <laughs> I'm all over the portals. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Snapchat. On uh, what else? I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, and it's, it's the same username. I know my name is difficult, especially when you want to spell it out. My website is gia slash rashidat which is g-h-i-y-a and then a dash r-u-s-h-i-d-a-t.com that's also my username on all social media platforms feel free to reach out i'm on soundcloud and uh, yeah i just love interacting with everyone oh yeah you're fantastic and i want to thank you for coming on this podcast and sharing your wonderful story with our listeners and i think you're brilliant i, I actually look forward to bringing you back in the near future so that we can chat it up sure. some more and uh, keep up to date in terms of everything that you've got going on. And I, you know, I also appreciate you giving our listeners a little sample of your creative mind. There is this beautiful, beautiful music. And I'm looking forward to uh, kind of stalking your uh, SoundCloud here in a bit, kind of itching to get back and check out some of this other stuff that you've mentioned here on this podcast. So, you know, thanks for coming on. Cinema After Dark podcast, sharing your story, sharing wonderful peace with our listeners. Gosh, it has been a wonderful time. So, uh, yeah, I think it's 
it's time to fade out here. What do you think? Thank you so much. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to being again on the podcast. And if you need anything, any help, I am always there. So oh, thank you. My. <laughs> you are awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, my gosh, what a wonderful discussion this has been with Miss Gia Rashidat. My goodness. Make sure you check out her social media accounts. Check out her website. Go to her SoundCloud. Listen to everything that she's got up there. You will Love it. I'm serious. It is absolutely outstanding. And on that note, we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show and hopefully you are feeling inspired. Spending a wonderful time tonight. I want to remind everyone that you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe to us there. Greatly appreciate that. Obviously, please spread the word about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. Again, thank you all for listening, and we will be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guests again tonight, Ms. Gia Rashidat. What a great discussion that was, and what a magical piece that it was she played there. At the break, make sure you check out her SoundCloud, folks. It's got some really, really good stuff up there. My goodness, it's like an orgasmic experience, as she said. I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Obviously, this podcast does not exist without you wonderful people listening and spreading the word. Really appreciate that. And I just want to thank you all for tuning in again tonight. With that said, 